Hey guys, I'm Richard Fitzgerald. This is Dubai Works, where we interview the business leaders making a difference in this great city. That business with scalability was very interesting to me. I like building something that has legacy. So this podcast is a generic business podcast. We can talk to any company in Dubai, CEO and founder, any industry, any level. Yet, it, we tend to find the most interest and the highest listenership on startups. Uh, and it just goes to show how dynamic this city is, how fresh ideas come together and how people go about uh, setting up a business here and attracting funds and creating a market uh, and growing their business really um, and it's so interesting what's happening at the moment. And the guest today is, uh, you know, it's a brilliant story. It's uh, a pandemic idea story. Someone who's obviously uh, well-educated, worked with big companies and has this really good idea and is executing it really well. So I hope you enjoy the conversation. morning welcome back to another episode of dubai works business podcast this week i'm joined by nora sabri the ceo of borrow me so they are a dubai-based startup they allow users to rent virtually anything as opposed to buying it while simultaneously giving the owners a method of gaining extra income sounds really good for everyday unused items in their household so today we're going to talk about the idea how it came about how nora and his team built borrow me uh Barmy's market placement and the competition, the industry as we always do, and then plans for the future. Good morning, Noor. Good morning, Richard. Thanks for coming in. Like, nice to meet you in person. Thanks. Pleasure to be here. Great. So yeah, Barmy, I, I guess it's a self-explanatory name. It's got borrow in the name. So can you tell us a little bit more about the concept? See, the concept uh, came to me, um, my ex-boss's wife, uh, a couple of years ago, um, he was telling me that um, she was making a, a decent income, uh, monthly income, by renting stuff that they bought for their son's birthday. So they went to Dragon Mart, bought tables and chairs, and and then um, basically they set up the party. They they parked the um, the items uh, on their garage. It was sitting there, and she had the idea. You know what? Let me put it on the Facebook community groups for the Meadows community in Dubai. And sure enough, people showed interest. So every week weekend, she was basically renting the items to neighbors. And uh, he was telling me she was making between three to 5,000 dirhams. She also purchased additional items. And she, she became the go-to person for party and event rental in the community. And then fast forward, uh, the pandemic happened. And I remember March 2020, and uh, they announced uh, at my work that um, we are not allowed to go to the office anymore. And I needed an exercise equipment to stay fit because the gyms were closed too. Sure. And so I looked and looked for uh, uh, you know, a, a, a site or a company that gives you these items to rent or to lease for a period of time. And I couldn't find any company in Dubai that offers uh, such uh, uh, such items. So I ended up buying um, an item off Amazon, like uh, an exercycle, which si still sits in my house. Um, and then the idea of Boromi came to me. And so I decided to invest on developing the business model, developing the concept and seeing what's out there around the world. And sure enough, there were a few of my competitors. Luckily, uh, they were v dominant in, in Europe, in London, also the Americas and the Netherlands and Switzerland, very similar concepts that enable anybody to basically access to items they, they, need, they need. Yeah, Amazing. I love this. Another positive entrepreneurship story out of the pandemic. Yeah. So you see a need that's not there, that's not catered for, and you come up with an idea. So essentially now is the company two years old and um, how does it work in a transaction? Do you have uh, assets is it a marketplace where people borrow from other people that's exactly it, it it's really a marketplace uh, it's a platform that allows the borrower and the lender to meet um, and so we do not own any asset in fact I have uploaded five of my 
personal items into Borrow Me. Yeah. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, we have more than 1,500 items since the launch date, which was in August uh, last year. So we're, let's say, uh, an, an eight, a year, yeah, yeah. yeah, nearly a year. Uh, but so far, it's been quite popular and uh, people have the option to rent items. I also enabled the uh, selling and buying of items. So, so you have the item, you have full control whether you want to rent it, daily, weekly, monthly, or also offer it for sale if you want. Yeah, secondhand items. Mm. Uh, 1500 items, what type of things? Is it all, is it, you know, did it come from that party events things or is it any house, anything in someone's house? From Basically anything in anybody's house. So Borrow Me caters for any item, but not uh, properties uh, and, and, and not uh, car, cars because there are dominant side that offers these uh, items, which is the cars and the properties. Yeah. But anything else you can think of, you can actually upload it on uh, Borrow Me. And what are you seeing like from the 1500 items? What's the breakdown? What are the type of things you see? You know, um, uh, clothing seems to be quite popular, especially high end, uh, uh, you know, clothing mat- uh, material, whether it's dresses, handbags and the like. So we have a, a, a big range of, uh, clothing so people wants to rent out their uh, designer dresses and the likes uh electronics uh, seems to be quite uh, popular as well kids and baby uh products are very popular as well and i and the reason why it's popular is you know in the uae there's a lot of tourists that come to the uae so in 2019 for example 19.5 million tourists entered the uae right mostly in dubai and abu dhabi uh but these imagine families with Children, kids—they um, need strollers, car seats, high chairs when they stay in Dubai for like a period of time. So all of these items, they cannot really ship it from their home country to Dubai. They, some of them, are forced to buy them, right? And yeah, so a, a platform like Borrow Me that allows those tourists to access items when they hear is also quite popular. Okay. There's another category which is related to camping and outdoor and sports, which is quite popular as well. Uh, imaging is very, very popular, um, especially around high lenses and high-end cameras. So imagine, um, you know, somebody like an, an artist or a photographer that they have a project um, and they need a uh, specific lens or specific uh, imaging products for a short period of time. It, these items are super expensive. Yeah. Um, and but, but in that, of all the categories you just mentioned, Noah, that category is actually has an industry around it, doesn't it? Like they have rental uh, stores for lenses and things, whereas the other items are usually typically in people's homes. But but this is a way for people who have their own personal hobby cameras as well to uh, generate revenue from them. Correct, correct. So a lot of these items that I mentioned, even for baby, like car strollers, car seats and strollers, they are dedicated sites that offer those items. Okay. But Borrow Me gives you the flexibility to search for any specific item. And so, you know, since we launched, we have onboarded more than 40 businesses in the UAE alone. Um, So uh, most of these businesses that offer these items are, some of them are on the platform already. So when you're searching for a specific item, um, you know, you find a mixture of items available by individuals, some available by businesses, and you can filter by the proximity to your where you where you're based, proximity by price, condition, age of the items as well. So it gives you that variety and flexibility to pick and choose whatever you need. And we want to develop like a, I wanted to develop a one-stop shop for items rental. Amazing, yeah. really smart. Okay, so you know, typically with marketplaces, you obviously need two parties to come together. So, uh, you know, clearly the idea is there, but how do you get people to know about uh, uploading their things? Because because people typically might want to, you know, in Dubai, they might want to sell secondhand things on Dubizzle or they might want to, uh, you know, go elsewhere. But, but the reality is there isn't a behavior around borrowing as much. So how do you, is, do you have to change behavior and do, or do you think that people naturally want to do this? That's a, an excellent question. I think uh, marketplaces is a very tough business to be in and because um, you have to look at the supply and the demand. So equally you have to look at the supply and demand. But let me give you some, uh, a couple of examples of a very popular marketplaces that we use on daily basis. The first one is Uber. So Uber, when it first was created, started in, in New York, in New York City. 
that taxi drivers were against it. People were against it because people trusted the taxi drivers more than the uh, the individuals that they will they will be uh, riding them around New York City. Yeah. Well, all people came to realize, and the government specifically, that Uber drivers have re- reduced the drinking driving uh, percentage by quite a lot, mm. by a significant amount, and they realized that you know providing a, an affordable transportation for individuals is really key. It was also good for uh, tourism pers- from a tourism perspective. Hence, the government really pushed for Uber to become a successful business. Yeah. Another example is the Airbnb example as well. So Airbnb, again, when they started, they, they, they really, um, a lot of the hotels d- dislike them. The communities dislike them because imagine in your, in your building community, strangers coming in and occupying some of these apartments, right? So there was a lot of noise around it, but also very soon, countries and governments started to realize that actually Airbnb boosted the tourism industry in those countries and allowed tourists to enter the country and stay in an affordable accommodation, flexible accommodation. Hence, that this mindset has changed. And the mindset of the sharing economy is actually a growing mm. at 30% year on year, mm. you know, according to PwC. So it's really a growing segment. Um, and it's, it's, it's expected to grow uh, quite a, uh, a lot. The sharing economy in the UAE, we, you know, specifically in the UAE, we're, we're quite uh, blessed by, you know, uh, fortunate by having accessibility of shopping and items and this and this and that. Mm. However, there's a looming financial recession happening and people are thinking twice bef- before per- making certain purchases and a platform like BorrowMe that allows you to, to, to rent these items rather than buying them. It's also quite uh, good. And sometimes, you know, you need items, not necessarily because you want to buy them, but let's say you're fixing something in your apartment and you need the tools or a ladder, but you don't have the necessary storage space. So what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. Uh, you need to borrow it from somebody to f- complete this project and return them once done. So yeah. it fits multiple multiple purposes. Definitely. Yeah, I can see the benefit of it. So talking a little bit about how the company came about, what's your background? Had you done startups before? Uh, you know, what could you leverage on skills wise that, that suits this? Yeah, that's, uh, that's, uh, uh, yeah, you're going to bring me back to my, uh, <laughs> so I, 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 uh, basically I'm originally from Iraq and then, uh, we immigrated to New Zealand in the, in the mid nineties. Oh, so okay. finished two years of high school and then I went to university of Auckland to study computer science. Yeah. And then I started my journey in tech consultancy. So I worked for a number of, Companies, including PwC, Ernest and Young, Bain and Company, and also tech companies like IBM and HP. So I accumulated a lot of the tech experience, mm. and then I was fortunate to finish my MBA to study the business side of uh, you know operating a business and the likes. And mm. while while I was at university, I created a couple of companies. One I, I sold. Uh, which is basically related to as SMS text message reminders mm. and another company called metalandsteel.com, which is still operating. And it's a platform for the metal and steel industry. It's like the Alibaba for the metal and steel industry. And from that platform, I learned a lot about the marketplaces and developing the marketplaces and the technology and making sure a marketplace becomes successful. Um, and so when, 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 when I came to borrow me and I had the idea of the, about the marketplace, Historically, I, I had that technology capability. I also developed a marketplace and I wanted to come and develop a successful marketplace for this region. Yeah, fascinating. So, and, and the work that you were doing was mainly as a consultant as at the time of the pandemic. Is that what you were doing? Yes, absolutely. So I was, I was uh, working with, for IBM in the yeah. time of the pandemic. Um, and then, uh, you know, when the idea came to me, I decided, you know what, let me take a break. Yeah. Let me focus on borrow me. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, like I made a lot of the decisions initially and I'm, I'm, I'm a single founder. Mm-hmm. Um, although investors love, uh, a company with a, a number of, uh, founders and co-founders. Um, however, I thought to myself, if I start the company alone, decisions will be made quite quickly and yeah. I don't, I don't need to consult and wait for people's approval. So very quickly, you know, purchased the borrowme.com domain, 
very quickly I engaged a tech company to look into developing the technology. I made tons of mistakes mm. initially, and I'm going to tell you more about these mistakes later. But it's a journey. Um, it's uh, it's just the beginning. The yeah. company is less than a year old. Yeah. And uh, it's exciting stuff ahead. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. You know, I've heard of these kind of companies in other markets over the years. And, you know, it's one of those ones, isn't it, where you go, well, why, why aren't they taken off really in Dubai, right? Especially in a transient place and people do tend to spend a lot in malls and things like that. So people have a lot of stuff at home, you know, and yeah. that example of, of the lady in the, in the garden with, with the events is just interesting, right? So, um, so it's a great idea, but obviously it's hard to execute. Hmm. Um, and it's interesting your approach that, you know, you, we haven't had many of that where you, you're an individual founder, so you make faster decisions because that's, that's super important at the start, but you seem to make in, be making the right decisions. We talk about the mistakes, but you know, borrow me is a strong name. You have the dot com. You build a marketplace. So when you launched last year, uh, you know, did you raise funds then, or are you trying to sort of make it uh, bootstrap and you know, trying to? Uh, I assume you take a percentage cut on each transaction. Is that the business model? Yeah, so the, um, in terms of the investment, I invested from, uh, my personal savings. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, uh, I got an investor, uh, you know, an Egyptian, uh, person who's, who's a, a consultant at, at PwC in Saudi. How did you find that investor? So this, uh, he, he was my classmate when I, when I did my MBA. So I told, I told him about the concept. He loved it. He came on board. Now he wants to bring two PwC partners to participate. Um, now the decision is like, how much equity can I give away? And I don't want to give a lot of equity. I just needed, uh, I need some money to keep me going for the next six months because I know the valuation and the business will grow quite significantly. So I don't want to raise a lot of money and give too much equity at an early stage. Um, and, and also I'm in the process of onboarding a co-founder. And so that co-founder will take a percentage of the business uh, as well. Now, talking about the business model, so uh, there are primarily four business models that I have in mind. First of all is the uh, tapping on the, uh, on, on the tourists that enters the UAE. Uh, fortunately, I signed an agreement with the, the largest uh, Airbnb management company in the UAE. It's called uh, Air Sorted. Okay. And now they rebranded themselves to, to, to be to, as host. And they have around 300 properties in Dubai alone. As the name host. Yeah. Okay. And so uh, and it's, it's a unicorn from the UK. Um, mm -hmm. So they, they have an office here in Dubai. They've been operating for the past four years. They're doing quite well. Yeah. And uh, ideally, I wanted to onboard a number of these Airbnb management companies. Yeah. I also wanted to onboard the, the big hotels chains in Dubai. And, and, and Dubai has a lot of the... Uh, sorry, in the UAE in general has a lot of hotels. Dubai in, in what respect that they would have items left over from people, or what? How would how would they be uh, yeah. of use to Barmy? No, no, that's an excellent question. So imagine a tourist that arrives to an Airbnb uh, in Dubai ah, Marina. Okay, they need okay. things. <laughs> so part, part part of the induction pack, uh, the Airbnb management, or even the hotel that sends to the, these users. So. Some items that cannot be supplied by those, uh, you know, hotels and Airbnb companies, they, they have to be leased externally. So part of the induction pack, it says, you know, for additional items that you may need while staying in Dubai, you know, visit this uh, site. And, uh, one, I wanted to create a, a, a page that has the fast moving or the items that the tourist needs, right? Uh, whether they're coming for, uh, partying or side visits or camping or, you know, family or whatever. So they can pick and choose the items that they would like to, uh, uh to rent. Um, then it takes you to the, uh, you know, where are, where is your location, the duration and payment and the items will be available to you when you come and arrive in Dubai. So yeah. you can use them and, 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 and keep them there when, when once done. Amazing. Yeah. That's really smart. Has that been done elsewhere? That in terms of hotels and Airbnbs, I haven't seen it elsewhere. It's a smart and, and, uh, partnership the idea, strategy. Partnership strategy. And yeah. I, I feel that this, uh, you know, of course, these items that we're going to provide to these customers, they're not going to come from individuals. They're going to be coming from businesses for reliability purposes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we get the order. We send it to the business, the business will ship the items to their users and okay. pick it up when it's done. So those 40 businesses that you've partners with. So 
they they'll be supplying the Airbnbs in the hotel. So that's the kind of no, first business model. model yeah. yeah, that's the first business model. The second business model is charging twenty percent on each transaction. Okay. Although we start, we st- I started borrow me as a freemium and still for free. Uh, but in the future, I'm planning to introduce 20% on each transaction. And that 20% will also include uh, an insurance coverage. So all the items will be insured automatically in case any damages, losses, or whatever. You can file an insurance claim and you can get the um, uh, reimbursement back. Is and that 20% a large number? Have you compared it with others? or? Yeah, I've compared it with um, there's a couple of big players in the Americas and the and Europe and and they and some of them charge even more than twenty percent. But I thought twenty percent is fair for the services Boromi provides. Yeah, an additional uh, revenue stream will be items delivery. So partnering with a delivery company like Kareem Box for smaller items or Elite for bigger items and the like. So having the ability to deliver the items from the lender to the borrower and vice versa is also one of the Amazing. items that we are looking at launching. If you, if you had funding, then you could have your own fleet of hiring, make things even faster of delivery. Actually, I'm following the, I'm following the Airbnb model. So the Airbnb yeah. model, they don't provide services, yeah. but they are just a platform. Yeah. Meaning I just want to allow uh, the people decide how d- to yeah, yeah decide and then allowing um, those additional services providers to be, to be sitting on top of the okay. uh, borrow me and they and would just pay focus to be there yeah. so that's a business there e- yeah. exactly and just focus okay. my, my job is to focus on creating a very successful and a seamless experience for my users okay yeah fair enough okay and the fourth way so of making money yeah the fourth <laughs> is, is, is a top secret one um, <laughs> it's really spinning borrow me to be a, a fintech yeah yeah. Okay, interesting. S- yeah, something related to leasing and the likes. Yeah, very good. Pro- so providing plugins to so just a tip uh, or a hint, providing plugins for merchants to do something. Merchants. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. there's a clue. Okay, yeah. interesting. Well, fintech is hot right now, and you Definitely. it could probably help when you're raising money yeah. because people seem to buy into it. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, you know, going back, I kind of asked two questions at once, but the the structure is an interesting one. You know, it is it is hard to decide, isn't it? how to go about fundraising and structure. So, you know, are you now, do you, are you calling this sort of your pre-seed or seed round that you're looking for these two partners yeah, or? Definitely pre-seed. Okay. Um, and so pre-seed moving into seed. And I think uh, the money that I'm going to be using um, is going to go through Arabization of Boromi. Yeah. So at the moment, uh, Boromi is only in English and I'm planning to Arabize it and launch it in Saudi and Egypt. Very good. Uh, the reason for this is because Saudi market is a, a huge purchasing market. The population is four times larger than the UAE. And Egypt is, uh, is 105 million population. And Egyptian people tend to go away for summer for two to three months yeah. outside of Cairo and the major cities into the coastal sites. So while going away for two to three months, they need the playstations, they need the... Yeah the equipments to get them going, right? So providing a site like Boromi that allows, uh, uh, you know, the large Egyptian population to access items when needed. Yeah, fascinating. Mm. It definitely is a good business plan, business model. Thank you. Uh, and interesting to see how it progresses. So you've done most of this yourself, so the bootstrapped and, um, you know, you'd, how have you done the tech? Are they in Dubai, the people building it, or, or, or have you outsourced that? Yeah, tech, tech, although I'm a techie, so I first mis- mistake I made I invested Here we go, the mistakes uh, yeah <laughs> invested $10,000 on uh, implementing Boromi on Shopify. Okay. So Shopify is um it's like an e-commerce site uh, really made for um, merchants and users to upload items to sell. And so I wanted to create an MVP on Shopify so I hired I hired a, an Australian company that uses developers from Asia. Uh, a, a reputable company. And so, uh, five months down the line with, with an investment of $10,000 and regular calls and stuff, we I figured out that the experience is not there. The experience of you uploading an item and then uh, deciding on daily, weekly, monthly price, different price uh, for, for, for renting the item 
also having the ability to sell the item as well is not within Shopify. And so they tried to create all of these forms, external forms from Shopify, uh, integrated within Shopify, but the experience was not seamless. You had to continuously go out from one page to another page to do certain activities and then it wasn't, it wasn't pleasant. So I decided to scrap it, scrap it. Although I, I, I love Shopify and I'm a big fan and I think any, any startup that wants to enter the e-commerce space in terms of selling items, they should, yeah. they sh should start with Shopify. Yeah. It's more of a, it's great for e-commerce, isn't it? It's not necessarily a platform like what you want to do. Exactly. So I went, I, uh, so I went shopping and, uh, I went to Poland, um, and I interviewed the multiple companies in Poland and I picked one company. It's called IT Craft. Yeah. Um, and this company is actually a hundred person organization, fairly small. Uh, ranked in the top three in Poland, in the top 20 in, in Europe. Uh, wow. The rate was quite good, more expensive than going to the, you know, to India or to uh, some parts of Asia, definitely more expensive. But I thought I felt comfortable with the team. And then I went ahead with the IT, uh, IT craft and they have done an excellent job in terms of the user experience. And they continue to challenge me and challenge my business model. So one of the things they came and they said, Borrow me is about borrowing, lending and borrowing. Why do you allow people to sell and buy? And they confuse the hell out of me. Yeah. Because that's, that, that's the core of my model. And so for two weeks, I was thinking and continuously talking to people about, shall I allow people to sell their items or not? And the decision I, I arrived to is, yes. So but, you keep the name as the hook and the borrow me and the idea. But yep. if the transaction, if you want to keep it, it's like leasing a car, falling in love with it, wanting to keep it. Exactly. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So amazing. So, but the, the brief, the scope for those guys, it, you know, we always try to understand outsourcing tech because part of building a startup is iterating, A-B testing, figuring things out, re reacting to users, where sometimes founders... Uh, like you, even though your, your techie background will outsource the initial uh, build, mm. but then do you get it handed over? Do you go, Hey, uh, like the Australian crowd, do you go, I want UX UI. I need an app. I need a, a website. And then it gets handed over mm. and it, you know, many founders kind of make the mistake of thinking that's it. Now I've got a lovely thing and I never need to do anything with it again. Yeah. But obviously that's not true, right? Not so true. are they, are they sort of an extended team partner on an ongoing basis for you? Yeah. Um, actually ongoing enhancements will never end. Um, you know, somebody borrowed something from my sister and she called me and she said, I'm confused. The notification confused the hell off me. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> so I decided, you know what, like if my sister, my sister knows about the business and she's confused, other people are confused. So let me just kick kick on another enhancement round. So I went to IT craft the mo because it's a startup and it's very early stages. Um, and I wanted to keep the cost as low as possible with minimal intervention. So it's like a self, uh, sort of self-taught kind of a system that basically allow people to do everything by themselves with minimal operational expenses from my end. I have, you know, and this is a good, uh, you know, a tip for startups. I have so far maybe more than 30 projects, independent projects with sites like Upwork and Fiverr. I don't know if you're familiar yeah, with Yeah, yeah. It's basically, it's like um, manpower sites that have different skill sets. They're marketplaces for developers, basically. Exactly. Yeah. So for search, my search engine optimization and my, my, you know, if you, if you type in borrow items, borrow things, you know, borrow stuff, we are number one. Yeah. Globally, we're number one. Because you got a good SEO person on Upwork to yeah. help it for you. Exactly. So I went wow. to, uh, to Upwork. That's a, I think sorry, people listening will want to ask who that SEO yeah. person is. Actually, yeah. <laughs> no, they can't. They can. Actually, it's on Fiverr. Um, yeah. uh, Fiverr with the double R in the end, Fiverr.com. Yeah. And so I went in there. I searched for a search engine optimization uh, expert, you know, and then I looked for somebody who has done 300 of these projects. And their star rating is above 4.7 to 5. Uh, so that's, you know, they always deliver high quality. And I looked for somebody within my budget and I secured the resource for the entire year. Mm. And this guy has been delivering. His name is Amar. Mm. Um, he's there with the A, 
double M A R. He's you know promoting him, and he's <laughs> all the way in the US, right? Um, but he delivered a very nice project. But what what I've done is like for my video, for my logo, for my content, for the sites, uh, for some of the press releases, so anything you can think of for you know data collection, market analysis, everything that you can think of. Hate social. I've, I've used like these that. resources. Yeah. And they cost a lot less than hiring people full time in the UAE because du- du- Dubai, you know, the, the the cost of living is quite high. Mm. If you compare the cost of living in Dubai, then the cost of living in, uh, in some parts of Asia, you know, it's 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 probably eighty percent higher. Yeah. So when so when you compare apples to apple, because it's the same skill set and same expertise, yeah. you are paying uh, somebody which is with an 80% discount than hiring somebody in Dubai. Yeah. Of course the plan is to uh, and I do have a you know a full-time uh, member with with myself and I'm also uh, in the process of onboarding a co-founder and the team is growing and for the expansion to Egypt and Saudi I need to hire a team in of each course. country. Uh, but at my early stage I'm comfortable where where I am. My cost is quite low. And I'm still evolving the business and growing the business. Yeah, it's you know, it's really impressive how you've done that. And you know, I think those websites, those marketplaces, you know, they they are kind of like the Airbnbs and the Ubers, yeah. and they help people who wouldn't necessarily have income uh, get diff- you know they connect the world right with skills and things like that, which is amazing. Um, and it's, it's so interesting to see how companies approach them. You know, it's almost. Uh, the only option really for startups with, with no funds to, because they can't hire people. Mm. But then it's like, what if you can hire people? Then what role do those companies play? Mm. And some of the big corporates can't even get permission to be on those platforms and things like that. And I think one of the things we found on that side is if you hire someone, you know, with digital and everything, Mm. something is so multifaceted, so many skills are needed today. Mm. And if you hire someone that can't do 10 things, rather than causing tension with that person or feeling that they're not brilliant and a good team member, you could take three of those tricky skills off them or whatever, put it in Upwork and let them go about their job. Like it, it can take a lot of pressure off tricky skills. Like if you, you understand development, right? Like there's so many different languages, there's so many different things. And, yeah. and, and continues to evolve, right? So, you know, the, the, the in the tech worlds, technologies, evolve very, very quickly. And so, um, you know, and then if you're launching a mobile app, then you have to worry about Android versions, Apple iOS, and even on the web. And so there is a lot of security that needs to happen behind all of these developments. There's a lot of, ma- a lot of maintenance and ongoing maintenance and, and support. And so having, you know, like it's not, it's not wrong to have an internal team to develop. And then, you know, at some point we, we, you need a dedicated team to be working with you full time on mm. this, on this journey. But at my point, um, and the way I developed, uh, you know, borrow me today, it's, it, it requires, um, you know, the, the, some consulting capabilities that sits outside of the region and I can reach out and get, uh, for example, consulting uh, support. IT craft, I just signed an agreement with them just, just recently that includes 50 hours of a UX designer, a senior UX designer and 160 hours of a, de- of a senior developer. Mm. And so I can use these hours within the next three months yeah. to make enhancement. Right. And so they are not on my books. I don't need to pay them salaries. Whenever I need to make certain enhancement changes, I reach out to the company Perfect. and they provide the resources to do it for me. Yeah. yeah. And the other benefit of that, so you use the platforms and then you work with a partner development agency yeah. and they're used to that and managing hours. And, but you can then learn by what skills they're doing for you for the heart. So you, you almost can shape your future team based on what. Yeah, Abs- absolutely. Really good. Yeah, definitely. definitely yeah. yeah, amazing. So, any other mistakes, Nor? <laughs> yeah. So, the mistakes I made as well is um, I didn't uh, onboarded a, co- a co-founder from the beginning uh, that specializes in marketing. Like the tech itself is is, is important, but marketing uh, it's 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 equally and even more important to get the name out there. Unfortunately, I haven't done a lot of marketing. I'm not a marketeer, and I have limited marketing skills. Apart from the search engine optimization, but uh, the co-founder I'm onboarding, he's a as a marketing guru. Uh, he has all the tricks around growth hacking and what to do to grow the to get the name out there. Targeting, for example, he 
he wants to target the uh, younger generation. Yeah. So the younger generation, you know, children who have uh, or kids who have um, PlayStation or devices or stuff. And so teaching them how to make money from these items. So getting them to publish these items and become borrow me ambassadors mm. uh, by uh, renting it to their to their friends and neighbors and stuff and make some money from it so yeah. also teaching them about doing business but also on board. so what that, that's one of the ideas that he has in mind yeah but yeah so uh, unfortunately i didn't i didn't invest a lot in marketing uh, of course the the, the 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 first mistake i made was around the technology and i really lost about six months mm. uh in the business um because i should have uh, gone straight away to a company that will tailor make but, uh, but, but you but you showed the uh aw- awareness and you know you had the ability to pull back on the first attempt yeah and then go again because what some people do is they keep pushing they don't admit the mistake right and they keep pushing uh the first mistake like what if what if you were still on shopify right yes. <laughs> you know yeah. now now you've pulled it back so yeah. i guess like mistakes are great really if you can learn from them absolutely yeah so i'd say it's a, you i mean with startups you, you you need to be persistent and you need to learn how to pivot uh whatever it is pivot in your business model so you know i could i could i could really launch the uh tourist tourism service yeah and maybe it may not work right so i need to think about other ideas that will make that will help my business model to 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 to, to do well. yeah okay I, I want to talk about the future and expansion in the region but before we get there uh a little bit about the industry so you mentioned um uh the, the r words you mentioned recession mm. and things like that and we've already seen you know, some of the quarterly results come out yeah. and we've seen in the US that people are canceling their subscriptions, mm. inflation's really high, cost of household goods are high. So that naturally sort of lends to, you know, borrowing and, and um, deal making and things mm. like that and people watching the pennies and pounds and cents mm. and things like that. So is that, so is, is that like a, a perfect time to launch a, a, a a company like yours in the market yeah so the the the, there's definitely you know like um, an economical factor to what's happening around the world between russia and ukraine between the increase in inflation um, you know between just recovery from the pandemic that's currently happening yeah so there's definitely a big uh, financial uh, uh, burden on everybody's mind and so you know allowing individuals who cannot afford certain items to use these items and return once done it's also quite quite a, a, a nice model as well and i think um you know um uh, pivoting into fintech whereby allowing you access to items that they need for a short period of time and return when done mm. without losing too much money on the item itself and making a huge investment is also quite an important factor and i think um you know at, um also, Borrow Me has a not necessarily just it's there to uh, for the for profitability purposes, but also to help people connect within their communities as well. Mm. So, for for example, while wanting to launch in Saudi, the first um, segment that I want to target is the uh, communities and the compounds that are very popular in Saudi, and launching something within the community and compounds. Yeah. To get the to get the business up and running, um, also there is an, um, uh, definitely an environmental factor as well. Uh, you know, f- like statistically, when you buy a drill, the lifespan for a drill, the 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 the, the usage, average usage for a drill in its 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 full life lifetime is ten minutes. Mm. Because you drill a hole for like a, a few seconds and that's it. <laughs> but imagine how much. Uh, you know, carbon, you know, uh, production is being made to make that specific tool, right? And yeah. so allowing people to access certain items and, and helping the environment in a way, it's, it's also quite rewarding. Interesting. Yeah. Fascinating. So, yeah, so, you know, the startup, uh, ecosystem is really interesting in, in this part mm-hmm. of the world at the moment. And, uh, and there's a lot of interest in fintech, as you said. Uh, but, but there isn't that many interest in, in the type of companies in the marketplaces and platforms. Mm-hmm. Um, and mainly that's because, you know, there is Dubizzle, but also what if Kareem and their super app launched yeah. this product? Or what if, you know, your, your friend's, uh, your boss's uh, wife that was on Facebook, right? Mm-hmm. And Facebook 
can do a lot of these things. So do you think, do you see that as a competitor? I know you, you mentioned competitors in the US and you might actually mention their mm. names so, so people can reference, but um, do, you, do you see that there are the competitors to borrow me like for like, and then there's the big tech companies who could potentially just flick a switch, update a feature and enable this type of service? Correct. I mean, all of these, all of these things are competitors and a threat to, to borrow me. And, and the biggest competitor at the moment is Dubizzle because people tend to go to Dubizzle to buy the items. And, um, and so we want to disrupt the Dubizzle, uh, business model. My second competitor is obviously the Facebook communities, but see the Facebook communities, um, you need to access specific communities to access these items and not I- all items will be available. Maybe the item is available for a neighboring community that you're not part of. True. Whether it's a building community, whether it's a, it's a location based community. But having um, and and so Facebook doesn't give you that uh, accessibility to to items, and sometimes these items list listing gets buried in the discussions, and you want an item, you post about it, and somebody has the item didn't read the post because they're too busy, um, so it definitely adds into into this. Uh, now about f- uh, you know flicking a switch, uh, that's definitely uh, a threat, and uh, you know Dubizzle could tomorrow flip flick a switch yeah. and they have the resources and the manpower but we know they're not going to do it because they're going to cannibalize on their business which is the selling of yeah. items yeah. secondhand item or brand or new items on the platform so what about kareem yeah kareem super app uh, kareem super app is an, ex- an, an interesting model i think uh, kareem uh, you know they are a, a transportation company uh, at the heart and now they're trying to provide a lot of, uh, uh, you know, fintech and, yeah. but Kareem is also like famous for doing a lot of acquisitions in the market. So Kareem doesn't start from scratch. Yeah. When they launch their food app, they went and bought, uh, Ram Nanu. Yeah. Um, so we're hoping that at some point Kareem will onboard us as part of their platform and, <laughs> you know, we and, and grow Boromi to, to the region quite easily with Kareem. Yeah. Smart. Um, and then, so what were the names of the companies in the US that, and Europe? Sure. So the one in, uh, in Europe, the big one is called Fat Lama. Okay. And they also expanded to some, some regions in, the, in the US. The one in the Netherlands is called Perby. Okay. Um, there's a one, there's an, another site in uh, Switzerland called Shirley. The one in, uh, in the Americas called Rakafai. Okay, yeah. there's a lot. Are there any in this region? There are. So there, um, uh, one of my competitors called uh, Boro Blob. Uh, Boro Blob. Yeah, yeah. In, in the region. Um, but that's about it, uh, Boro Blob. But there are very niche kind of uh, yeah. like easy. Yeah, we spoke to Easy Lease yeah, uh, a few yeah. weeks ago on the podcast as well. But they m- mainly focus on furniture. Yeah, they own the furniture yeah. and they let the people who have empty apartments who are staying for a short period of time to to lease out the furniture yes, rather yeah. than buy it. Yeah. yeah, it's a very specialized kind of a model. And it's I think it's uh, it's following a, a trend in India. Yeah. Uh, and um, the founder trying to bring this into into the region. Yeah. Which is quite smart. Yeah. yeah fascinating. Yeah. Cool. So, um, you know, you mentioned Saudi and Egypt and you're obviously originally from Iraq and uh, Iraq is an interesting market, right? It's people's best that will be the next big one in terms of advertising. And, um, you know, I, I already know of a couple of e-commerce platforms that are, just seem to be a lot of appetite for tech platforms there would that be on your radar definitely on the radar in fact um iraq's economy grown by 22 percent really that's incredible yeah, in number. the last 12 months thanks to the oil and gas yeah yeah. <laughs> but how, uh, yeah yeah well this is what you, you know it's interesting you mentioned about yeah there's a lot of pressure and i kind of led the question on uh household income and on inflation and recession around the world but you know, and it's not nice to see some countries suffer more than others, but the exporters of energy, those countries like the UAE, the mm. economy is doing really well. The Gulf countries and Iraq as well yeah. is doing really well at the moment. It is actually, it's the fast growing economy in, in the Arab world. Yeah. Faster than e- even Egypt. And I think it's, uh, due to a couple of factors. It was so bad to begin with. Yeah. <laughs> any low base, a, any, yeah. any, any incremental, uh, uh, change will be a huge, uh, significant change for the, for the economy growth and also the increase in the oil prices. Mm. So Iraq is producing a lot of oil at the moment mm. uh, at a very attractive price per, per, per bar- barrel. Um, talking about the ecosystem of startups in Iraq, it continues to evolve. Uh, Rocket Internet entered Iraq just recently. They launched a new super app called Bali. 
there are a couple of e-commerce players. Uh, you know, one of them is called Orisd, mm. um, uh, which basically I'm an investor in. Um, so definitely Iraq is on the horizon. And mm. I think when the time is right and when the, when, when the platform is fully Arabized, then it's going to be, um, I'm going to launch it in Iraq. However, there's one problem with Iraq. It's a cash society. So the, the credit card penetration is quite low. Mm. It's lower than 5%. And uh, with Baromi, uh, you know, we would like to, to digitize the full journey, mm. including payments. Mm. Uh, so launching in Iraq at this point in time is probably uh, not the right time. But when, uh, you know, uh, when the uh, country becomes cashless and credit card becomes widely used, then mm. we will definitely launch there. Yeah, and I think like uh, you mentioned fintech, but there's also lots of fintech startups solving those problems. And the beauty of doing a market by market approach is that in that market, you could probably enable a cash transaction just yeah. to kind of get going, I guess. I mean, many, many people have attempted to convert this. So Zane, the, the famous tel telco, the yeah. telco provider, also uh, provided the cash, uh, sorry, Zane, Zane Pay. Um, yeah. Uh, a lot of the telco providers trying to solve this problem. A lot of the fintech players trying to solve the problem. It's the, the, the some uh, specialized uh, card management companies also start starting to launch. Yeah, like cards. they have in Saudi, like Mada and things like that. Exactly. So for the government employees, they will give them a card, so the salary will onboard the okay. retirement individuals. Uh, you know, the pensioners, they get their money um, uploaded into a card, and by the end of the month, they go and withdraw the money. Amazing. But there, the online online payment. Uh, penetration is very low. Mm. There, there are cash withdrawal. There are ATMs that you can go and collect the cash, but to make a purchase online is, is not yet enabled. Okay, yeah. interesting. So I think that's one positive thing, right? That as in, there's a lot of room for growth in the region when you see these things. When you see about, you know, whether it's credit card penetration or fintech or, mm. um, you know, everything like three G, five G and things like that. Um, I think when when I was working with an agency in Iraq eight, nine, ten years ago, we were talking about launching 3G, not even 4G, I think, right? <laughs> yeah. And I don't think that, you know, maybe 4G now. So it's it's interesting the different levels of the different countries. Yeah. But to that point, Noor, you know, you're obviously setting up a startup in this region. Um, you know, in your view, is the Middle East an emerging market that will emerge? And, uh, you know, what do you think needs to happen or what are the key things that, you know, that needs to happen economically and politically across the region? Yeah, I, I think definitely the region is, is, is very attractive in, in terms of the startup ecosystem. And I think in the last 10 years, the leadership of the UAE have made a significant investment in terms of creating and promoting this ecosystem. So you see a lot of incubators evolving in the UAE. You see a lot of free zones you can establish a company in, in, in less a week than, than a week now. So you can walk into one of these free zones and sign up and, and have your company registered. Okay. Um, they're creating a, a platform for fintech startups. So there's a platform in, 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 uh, in Abu Dhabi, in Abu Dhabi Global Market. There's a platform in two platforms actually in, in, in Dubai, one in the DIFC and one in the FinTech Hive, which is mm. part of the kind of the DIFC as well. So they, they, they building that ecosystem. And, and you know, surprisingly, and Egypt is also like Egypt, Pakistan. If you look at these, uh, two countries as well, a bunch of startups has came from there. And you know what's happening now with, uh, Kitobi, you know, mm. being, um, uh, being funded by SoftBank. Mm. Swivel went public and Rami going public. Mm. All of these were just simple startups that really True. evolved and now they, they are listed, right? So it's, mm. it's just amazing to see what's happening in the, in the region. My, um, you know, my, uh, my, 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 my roadmap is to, is to create a concept in the UAE, uh, for Boromi and fully automate that concept and make sure that the business is successful and then take that concept and replicate it in the region. True. Yeah, yeah. it has to work in a market first, doesn't yes. it? I think it's too much of a risk to try and do it in other places. Absolutely. And but then I, localize I, in others. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, I think UAE is a great market. Mm. Uh, the population is 10.5 million. It's a small population. 
And so if you discount uh, the, the laborers, uh, which represent 50% of that population. Mm. So really your target market, um, you know, uh, is, is, is around five and a half million. Mm. And so if you launch something and you, uh, you see it proven to be successful, and then you take it and replicate it to other countries in the, in the Middle East, mm. this will be quite a successful idea. And I think it's a good launching, uh, uh, area here. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, you know, so what is the product roadmap, uh, for the year? Yeah. What, what are you looking at next? So what I'm looking next is, uh, first of all, the Arabization of the platform, enhancement of the user experience and the user journey, mm-hmm. um, enablement, enablement of the delivery services to be integrated fully with the platform, enablement of the payment, uh, to be integrated fully. So you provide an end to end kind of, uh, uh, a payment platform and therefore you will have a full service so you as a user you like an item you can have it delivered to your doorstep you can pay for it online and you can uh, have it picked up and returned to the user um, within the same platform okay so people are planning their aids breaks now at the moment some who are staying at home might listen to this podcast see some items uh, is it ready to go can they download the Bar Me app and mm-hmm. can they upload their items uh, to the marketplace as yeah. of today. So, so borrow me is not an app. Okay, uh, it's a it's website. website. It's yeah. a website. It's fully responsive. Um, there is definitely on the roadmap to to develop the app. Yeah. But I decided not to develop the app just yet because I wanted to uh, finalize the user experience on the website and make sure all the components are working perfectly fine. In fact, some sites like Upwork. They don't have a mobile app. They yeah. just uh, operate on the website itself. So it's a decision I need to make on when to develop the mobile app. But yes, uh, so uh, during the eight holidays, anybody it, can go, works, to, yeah, yeah. Yeah, go to the website, you know, type in whatever item you are looking for. You find the item, you know, you, you can contact the, um, the lender or the seller. You can even book the item directly on the website and then go and pick it up or arrange for a meeting place to, for you to exchange the item. Interesting. Well, it's been a pleasure uh, hearing how you've set up the company yeah. uh, this morning and, uh, you know, I, I see good things ahead. So uh, thanks for sharing your story, Noor. It's my pleasure. And we'll follow Barmy in the future. Thank you. Thanks, Richard. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. So I really enjoyed that conversation. We ran over a typical 40, 45 minute slot uh, and Ali, our producer, was whispering in my ear, uh, but I wanted to keep going because there was a lot in what Noor was saying and he was very transparent about how he's building Barami. Uh, so we went up to, I think, about 53 minutes. Uh, but yeah, and you know, anyone who is sort of thinking over the aid break or whenever you listen to this in the future, uh, you know, they might have a web an app by then, but it's on the website. Uh, and it sounds like a really interesting project. Uh, th- this is a very early stage startup, but there's a lot of excitement, uh, exciting uh, opportunities across the region. And I think they're well placed for that. Uh, so thank you to Ali for producing uh, and for uh, and to Shahir uh, for setting this up as well. Uh, and if you're listening on Apple or any other audio app, please do like, subscribe, leave a comment. And if you're watching on Uh, YouTube or Facebook or Twitter, uh, please do go to smashy.tv, download the app, go on the browser or check if it's on your smart TV. And if it's not, let us know and we'll get our tech team to put it on that smart TV. It's already on about four or five of them. All right, cool. Thanks. And we'll be back next week uh, at the end of the aid break on the Friday at 11 a.m. for another interview.